0: You're listening to the Niners Bros, your home for post-game analysis, correcting media narratives, and keeping you up to date on all things San Francisco 49ers. What's up, guys? I'm Michael Ditchfield. I'm David Ditchfield, and we are the Niners Bros. On today's episode,
1: we break down the Chiefs 44 to 23 thrashing of the 49ers. But before we get into our usual game flow and narratives coming into it, I've got some stuff I need to get off my chest and I just I think the best way to do it would be to do it roast style like Michael Scott from The Office. We're big fans of the show The Office and we're not going to go too deep on this if you haven't seen it but Michael Scott's the incompetent boss, but he loves comedy and humor, and he sets up a roast where he invites his employees to come up on stage and make fun of him, but some of the, the things get a little too personal. They go maybe a little bit too far, and everyone's worried that they've hurt his feelings, but later on in the episode, he comes back, and he's taking it in stride, and he's got some uh, some retorts for them, uh, kind of a quick lightning round where he goes person by person, and, and he kind of gets them back, um, and it ends up being a good laugh for everyone. So hopefully, I'll be able to laugh at the end of this, but I, I, just, I just have some things I need to get off my chest. Are you ready? Go for it. All right, so Kyle Shanahan, you're an offensive genius, and you've only overcome one three-point deficit heading into the fourth quarter as a coach. Boom, Roasted. D'Amico Ryans, you're the hottest head coaching prospect in the NFL, and you got schooled by an old-timer who looks like a walrus. Boom. Roasted. Jimmy Garoppolo, some people say you remind them of a character in a daytime soap opera. I don't think that's true, though. Soap opera characters make better decisions than you. Boom. Roasted. Mike McGlinchey, I'm not going to tease you, because Grant Cohn did last year, and you're so sensitive that you admitted it affected your performance, and frankly, I can't take much more. Two more sacks and two penalties in this game. Boom roasted. Kevin Givens and Drake Jackson, Brandon Ayuk and Juwan Jennings had as many tackles in this game as you did. Boom roasted. Oof. 49ers secondary. I know Kittle's really trying to make National Tight Ends Day a national holiday, but you still don't get the day off yet. Boom. Roasted. Ray Ray McLeod. Andy Reid was better than you at special teams when he was thirteen and won the punt kick and pass <laughs> on TV. We've all seen the clips. Boom roasted. Fred Warner, what do seventy six helicopters and your salary have in common? Both cost $19 million and had no impact on this game. Boom roasted. And lastly, Brock Purdy, you had a worse QBR in this game than Jimmy Garoppolo. Boom roasted.
0: Wow. Do you feel better?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit I do. A little cathartic. (laughs) So... Joking aside, you know, these men, these 49ers players, they're at the top of their field. They're certainly better at what they do than than we are. And several of them gutted it out and played through injuries. You know, some of them, and we can talk about it, maybe shouldn't even have played in this game. I know they really wanted to because it was a Super Bowl rematch and things like that. But sometimes part of being a 49ers faithful is you just have to let things out so you don't explode. And what a lousy way to spend a Sunday just watching the 49ers get absolutely roasted by Mahomes and the Chiefs 44 to 23.
0: Yeah, it's tough, and the 49ers were coming off of a really unimpressive, uninspired loss against the Falcons last week, so obviously going up against Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes is not typically your plan A for a get-right game, but a lot of people were speculating that the Niners were going to come out and certainly be more impressive than they were. Uh, A frustrating game to watch. The final line doesn't tell the whole story, which again is mainly why we do this podcast, Uh, getting to the narratives, the game flow. So at one point, the 49ers did come within five points, and that was at the start of the fourth quarter. That stat has been really going around like crazy this week where Shanahan's teams are really, really bad when they are trailing to begin the fourth quarter. To be fair... The 49ers have had some really, really bad rosters. Sure, some me. really bad teams under Kyle Shanahan. When Jimmy took over for the team, they were 1-10. in 10. So one of the very worst rosters in football under Trent Baalke, just one of the worst GMs in professional sports, put together a absolute garbage roster. So that's what Kyle Shanahan was taking over for. That being said, he's been in place long enough now to, The 49ers have been to the Super Bowl. They've been to an NFC championship game. That's not an excuse you can use anymore. And so certainly while some of those teams, you say trailing three points or more, when Brian Hoyer was the best option we had at quarterback, in some of those games, you're trailing by 10 or 14 or 17 points. So yeah, there's no chance you're going to come back and win a game like that. That being said, the record 1-29 in is just absolutely terrible. And really speaks to this perception that the 49ers get off to a hot start once they have these first 15 plays are scripted, right? So they come out, they look crisp, and then as the game goes on, they get sloppier and sloppier, penalties great drives that end in field goals and take way too much time off the clock a failure to make adjustments you know Shanahan is
1: viewed as a genius but the team does not seem to dial up these plays at the end of the game you know Andy Reid one of the things that he did so well in this game was they used plays early in the game that were still successful but they used them to then set up plays later in the game and Shanahan talks about that all the time it doesn't feel like we see it, where it's like, oh, that's what they were doing there, and look how successful we are in the second half because of all the the plays we did in the first half to set it up. It's not usually like that. It's like, well, the plays in the first half are the are the good ones, are the shot plays, are the ones on his sheet, and in the second
0: half seem to falter a little bit. So. And it's difficult. The 49ers are just not putting enough points on the board. Obviously, their defense played really poorly in this game, but you're playing against patrick mahomes mahomes doesn't really have bad games or off games but even by his standards this was an outstanding game for him he finished 25 of 34 for 423 passing yards three touchdowns an average of 12.4 yards per attempt which is that's ridiculous Um, some other stats uh on mahomes that are worth mentioning in this game So Patrick Mahomes has won 55 of his first 70 games, which is tied with Ken Stabler as the best record ever through 70 games. And he's also got the all-time record in the modern era for most passing yards and touchdowns in that game. Another interesting stat that's come out this week is the number of 400-yard games with three passing touchdowns. So, all-time NFL history, Drew Brees is at the top of that list with 12 games of 400 yards plus and three touchdowns. Peyton Manning and Dan Marino are tied with 11. Tom Brady then has 10. And then right behind Brady with eight games now is Patrick Mahomes. Already. Already. So, the crazy thing about that is Dan Marino and everybody else on that list played 242 games or more to get to that number and Patrick Mahomes has played in 70 that's insane he is putting up prolific numbers and yes this is a passing league it's not that ground and pound run first league like it used to be but Patrick Mahomes is just putting up Historic numbers if he stays healthy and has a good career like everyone expects him to He is going to shatter basically every single passing Record there is I think that's why coming into this game You
1: had reason for concern even with all the credit that the 49ers defense has gotten We had not played an elite offense yet, you know, we lost to bad offenses like the bears um, And like the falcons who were not a a high-flying offensive team so it was concerning coming into this game how would we fare against a truly elite offense and unfortunately we saw so let's get into briefly some of the storylines Then we're going to take you through the drive-by-drive so that you can relive this and we can go through how the 49ers got to this point so the reinforcements were supposed to come back you know we had Bosa, Mooney Ward, Trent Williams um, and even Hufanga questions about him passing the concussion protocol but all of them you know suited up for this game which Gave you some boost and some
0: momentum. When you're talking about reinforcements, we certainly have to mention, uh, what's his name? Uh, Christian something? Uh, McCaffrey, yeah. yeah. So that was, of course, the biggest news coming into the game. The 49ers make a huge splash trade, give up four picks for McCaffrey to bolster the kind of stale running game that we've been seeing. They gave up a lot for a player who has injury history, and he's joining. (laughs) At least he didn't get hurt in this game. Yeah, he's he's joining the motley crew of, injured reserve players so I don't know maybe he's going to be the good luck charm that comes and somehow this team is going to get healthy Uh, but in terms of reinforcements again definitely have to mention Christian McCaffrey even though he only had two days with the playbook he was able to come in and certainly showed signs of of why you bring in a player of that caliber sure
1: other storylines for the Niners coming in the 2012 team that made it to the Super Bowl had a bit of a reunion Harbaugh was back Crabtree was a little sour that he didn't get his his invite yeah that's over his head
0: that's crazy so so Alden Smith of all people was invited but Crabtree yeah apparently was not uh probably that has something to do with the parting shots he took as he left the team, talking about how he wanted to go to a team and with a quarterback that was hungry and that wanted it, <laughs> it's like, uh not a not a good exit there from the team. So probably not a surprise that his invite got lost in the mail. I wink, so. wink.
1: So the only other thing worth mentioning going
0: into the game was that,
1: as we all knew, it was National Tight Ends Day, thanks to George Kittle, who's kind of created this holiday and pretty good matchup, you know, for the league on National Tight Ends Day to have Travis Kelsey and Kittle probably the two best tight ends in the game and even Greg Olson on the call you know former Carolina Panthers tight end
0: do we have to call him Travis Kels like is anybody actually doing that I know in the interview last year he came out and said that I I still haven't really heard anyone saying that I think can we just say Kelsey we're just gonna say Kelsey all right all right folks we're gonna say Kelsey for the rest of this episode (laughs) he can deal with it so let's get right into
1: the drive by drive 49ers on the first drive get an eight yard run out of Wilson Kittle gets a first down Um, McCaffrey comes in on a play action and he has a first down of 10 yards and then a nine yarder Wilson comes back in and gets a 12 yarder, but the drive stalls at the 12, and they have to settle for a field goal. Which, against the high flying offense like the Chiefs, you just hate seeing the field goal unit come out, but you can't just go for it every time. So, um, on the next drive, you know, Kansas City, their first time getting the ball, Jimmy Ward lined up in the slot, which was kind of interesting. We were wondering with him coming back what role he would fill since both Gibson and Hufunga had been playing well. But on third down, the uh, 49ers get an interception, which is huge. It goes through Gibson's hands, but great play by Hufanga, who has four interceptions, and that's hard to even imagine from a few years ago, a 49er getting four interceptions in one season, let alone the first seven games.
0: Yeah, when the entire team had two that one year, just insane. And Gibson and Hufanga are really doing that tag team <laughs> interception <laughs> where Gibson misses it but tips it enough to where Hufanga can come up with it. So Playing volleyball out there. But. Yeah, I'm not sure how sustainable that is, but definitely um, – Phenomenal start to the game to at least put points on the board in the opening drive and then shut down the Chiefs force a turnover and then already in field goal range on that next drive was that Mahomes like only bad throw of the day probably
1: pretty much but anyway Debo comes out of that with a 22 yarder on play action and then Ray Ray gets a touchdown on a pretty nice floater from Jimmy where there was some pressure and he kind of threw the ball more to an area than than just his typical kind of line drive throw so the 49ers go up 10 to nothing and it feels good to have a 10 point lead on the Chiefs but also we've been up 10 points on the Chiefs before, so you don't feel completely settled.
0: Yeah, and spoiler alert. So, Pat Mahomes throws that interception there, and then the Chiefs are going to proceed to score on every single drive in this game after that, with the exception of right before halftime. We'll get to that, of course, but right before halftime, they did have to settle for a field goal attempt as they simply ran out of clock. The kicker pushed that one wide to the right, so they didn't score, but outside of that and the final drive of the game where they're just basically running out the clock, the 49ers defense did not stop the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, so Kansas City, with their second possession, Kelsey gets a 27-yarder on third down, and he does the Kittle you know, basketball
0: squish, and I know you and I disagreed on this. Uh, You thought that it was an homage because they're friends? Well, yeah, my first reaction as a fan was like, oh my gosh, what a dick move, but then Kittle and Kels or Kelsey are so close. They're super tight tight ends university so i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that was an homage i really don't think he would be doing that to try and show up Kittle. i, I just don't see that we'll agree to disagree i'm predisposed to just not like travis kelsey but <laughs> anyway um kelsey did have a
1: td called back later in that drive a uh, mooney ward not terribly competitive on that pass attempt but then bosa was offsides twice in a
0: row yeah, which is crazy. weird
1: and he did you know usually his celebration he does like the hands up like the oh you know only he was doing that to referees like, I I didn't think I was offsides. Not really. Usually when you see him in that pose, so weird. something good has happened. And two offsides in the same drive is not something good. So,
0: yeah, and you're getting some deja vu there of uh, being offsides against the Chiefs. Uh, yikes.
1: Yeah, so Hardman gets a touchdown there, his first of three on the day. But
0: we'll get into that to make it
1: 10-7. Coming out of that, um, a poor throw from Jimmy on first down, a three-yarder from Debo. But Ayuk uh, with a 21-yard pickup. Uh, kind of keeps the ball moving. Jeff Wilson had a false start, and what do the 49ers have to do to get their position players to stop uh, jumping offsides or, or starting the play at the wrong time? So that was kind of another frustrating one. McCaffrey got a 13-yard screen, and I know we would have liked to have seen that used more. I know that he didn't have a lot of time you know to study the playbook, but the Chiefs blitzed so much in this game. And even though Garoppolo's overall numbers against the Blitz were fine, it would have been nice to see more screens dialed up, especially to McCaffrey or Debo. Um, anyway, he does get 13 yards on that, and then he gets a 12-yard run. But again, the drive stalls, and you settle for a field goal, and you go up 13-7. And then the Chiefs get the ball right back and just march right down the field more to Travis Kelsey. He's already got 53 yards on their third drive. There was a BS um, illegal contact on Mooney Ward where the wide receiver kind of ran into him. I know you were pretty yeah, that was
0: that was terrible. The wide receiver clearly initiated contact on that one. But, you know, not necessarily like a huge or a game-changing penalty, but definitely a lot of really sort of questionable calls in this one. Uh, penalties were an issue again 10 penalties for the Niners this this game was actually a flag fest um, the Chiefs were called eight times for 84 yards the Niners 10 penalties for 80 yards in this game yeah
1: I who with an offside speaking of penalties on that drive and then Michael Hardman with a 25 yarder his second touchdown of the day makes it 14 to 13 so 49ers get the ball from there and they return it to the 15 and Ray Ray did not have as I alluded to in my rose section Ray Ray did not have the best game I believe he averaged 16 yards per attempt on kickoff returns which is a good number for a punt returner but horrible for kickoffs
0: yeah that's terrible um his long of the day was 22 yards um we're going to talk more about Ray Ray again in this game but not uh not good there so Kittle picked up a first
1: down and then Danny Gray comes into the game for his inevitable like they might as well just hold up a sign and say Danny Gray's in we're gonna take a deep shot and he's busy watching the snap count from Garoppolo and he commits a false start and then Shanahan just decides well screw it we were about to run a deep shot anyway so they go ahead and run it and he got his hands on the ball for the first time he didn't catch it of course but for the first time this year he did a deep shot and he got his hands on the ball I know that on this podcast I've made my feelings pretty clear about Danny Gray now it doesn't mean that he can't become a productive NFL player but he's not ready to play in the NFL he he not only does he not have a catch, we only use him one way. It's to take a deep shot. It has not worked at all. He was targeted twice again in this game. The defense knows it's coming. I would love to see, you know, Mikkel Hardman is not the most polished route runner. How did Andy Reid use him in this game on three jet sweeps for touchdowns? Yeah. Okay, so if Danny Gray in his 4-3 speed is not working, just calling obvious deep shots and then quickly getting him off the field, well, then why don't we try something else with him? Try an end around, Give you know, toss him the ball, do something. But these failed deep shots are just driving you nuts. You see him come in the game, you know it's coming, and it just doesn't work, ever, never. It has not worked once yet.
0: And he's so late finding the ball, too. I mean, this is a deep shot, you know it's coming. He gets his head around so late that he's not able to high point at the correct trajectory and, again, just not really a competitive effort, didn't really have a chance because he gets his head around so late, is not able to time his jump properly, and it's just hard to watch. Weird end to that
1: drive after, you know, a few first downs, and then um, a penalty, you know, actually with 12 men on the field from the Chiefs, got the 49ers back into field goal range, but then the Chiefs do like a little little trick on the defensive line on the field goal attempt, they just kind of shift, and Jalen Moore, you know, he didn't get to start this game, so he wanted to make sure that we had at least one thing on this podcast to rip him for, and he commits the false start, <sighs> you know, to, to knock you out of field goal range, so...
0: And this was just a master class in coaching. They were ready for every scenario. They're not going to just do that on a field goal every time. This was the perfect time to use it because it literally kicked them out of field goal range and the Niners are forced to punt. you got to be disciplined. And it's so frustrating to see a false start there literally taking points off the board. Yeah.
1: 49ers got a huge break, though, because on that punt, which actually turned out to be their only punt of the day, uh, a 29-yarder, but still, uh, the Chiefs muff it, and the 49ers recover. They're right there. It's
0: right in their lap, but after... uh, So this uh, is the moment, right, where the, the 49ers seize the day. Take the lead, right? Yep.
1: And then Debo kind of runs out of bounds. You know, there's less than two minutes on the clock here. You really, the Chiefs, I think, still had at least two timeouts. You really are trying at this point, to run out some clock to make sure Mahomes doesn't get the ball back so they can't double dip. But Debo inexplicably runs out of bounds, not close to the first down marker. And then on third down, Jimmy Garoppolo throws a really, really horrible interception where he's pressured, he backs up and lobs it. I thought he was lobbing it to Ray-Ray McLeod, but...
0: Yeah, I did too. And it's just like, what are you thinking, Jimmy, throwing that ball to Ray-Ray McLeod, throwing a jump ball to your shortest receiver who has basically no jump ball skills that we've ever seen. He hasn't really even had an opportunity to do that. And then later after the game in the press conference, it's even worse than that. He wasn't throwing it to Ray Ray. He was actually throwing it to George Kittle. That ball was severely underthrown. And if it's the last play of the game, you have to score a touchdown. Fine. You know, you got to throw it somewhere. You can't take a sack, but in that case, again, take a sack, just, Fall down, trip, do something, anything. You cannot throw an interception there. That was one of the worst throws probably of his career. Just a really, really awful decision. And talk about taking points off the board. Yeah, You just can't have that there in a game against the Chiefs where every possession counts.
1: So Kansas City on their fourth drive. You know, off of that interception, Kelsey gets another 22-yarder. Diamondor Lenore got hurt, but he came back later. Valdez Scantling, who had a a couple big ones in this game, he had a 40-yarder on Gibson. Um, And then Juju Cooks Ambry for 19. We've talked about Ambry. I think he's a nice kid. And he actually is pretty sticky in coverage. He's close. He never gets his head around. It's it's a catch every time. It's
0: contested. Um, The coverage is good, but he just hasn't quite – flipped to to making those plays to getting those past breakups the coverage is good but the end result so far is not yeah and Andy Reid was money in
1: this game if you want to nitpick one bad decision or questionable decision the whole game they went for a field goal with 11 seconds left On third down, they absolutely, again, with Ambry's issues and some of our other issues we were having, they absolutely could have taken a shot to the end zone and trusted Mahomes not to throw a pick like Jimmy, but they decided to try to kick the field goal, and they missed it, thankfully. So you go in at halftime down just 14 to 13. Um, So the good news is, you know, you're only down one, and you've got a five-minute lead in time of possession, and you force two turnovers, um, with Kansas City only having four drives. But they're going to get the ball back, and Mahomes who was averaging close to 19 yards a game rushing. You've contained him. He hasn't run, but he's thrown for 197 yards in those four drives. That's like 50 yards a drive almost.
0: And the reason that he didn't run up to that point in the game and didn't run at any point in this game was because he quite simply did not have to. Clean pocket. Clean pocket. He was throwing the ball at will all over the place, whether it was zone or coverage. Uh, He did not have to run at all in this game because there was no pressure. Bosa got one sack, but he didn't look like he was completely healthy. For the most part, he was ineffective. The entire defensive line... Was ineffective in this game. Uh, again, when you're throwing for 423 yards, you really don't need to use your legs. Uh, just no pressure on Mahomes the entire game. Yeah, and literally zero
1: pressures in the first half and zero sacks. For the 49ers, McCaffrey got involved about as much as you could expect with two days of practice. Um, you know, six for 39. Kittle with four for 64, which frankly is a good game for him, um, but in the first half, decent. You know, Garoppolo, 158 yards at halftime, but one for five on third down, one for three in the red zone, and that brutal pick. So you go into the second half knowing that we're still only down one, but the Chiefs are about to get the ball. And.
0: That went badly, as
1: uh, as you already kind of previewed early.
0: Yeah, the second half for the 49ers has been brutal. They simply are not scoring points. Overall, it's been a low-scoring offense, but the second half has been particularly bad. It seems like the 49ers just get progressively worse as the game goes on. You can say that's Jimmy. You can say that's Kyle. I don't really know the two are kind of joined at the hip because the only successes that Kyle Shanahan has had as a head coach have been when Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback and winning games. When Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing for the 49ers, the 49ers record is absolutely terrible. Again, you're working with quarterbacks like Nick Mullins, Brian Hoyer, so basically like a who's who of third-string quarterbacks outside of Garoppolo, but it's certainly fair To question Shanahan at this point, I don't think he's on the hot seat per se. He's got a really good relationship with John Lynch, and it seems like the owner, Jed York, is definitely in his corner. But at some point, the 49ers have the talent, they have the roster. They should be doing better. This is an underachieving team, plain and simple. When you look at the roster on paper, yes, the 49ers have been completely devastated by injuries, but that's nothing new. That happens every year for the 49ers. So at some point, you can't make excuses. The NFL is the ultimate win-now league because there's only 17 games a year, and at some point... With all of these weapons that we have, and now trading for McCaffrey as well, the 49ers are going to have to find a way to score some points. Yeah. Quick question for you. If you could, would you trade rosters with the New York Giants? Yeah. No. No. (laughs) Not at all. But you trade the record. Yeah. Well, they're six
1: and one. Yeah. With a first-time head coach that everyone panned as like, oh, well, he's just riding someone's coattails. Why is he getting that opportunity? So... I know it doesn't all happen in a vacuum. It doesn't all work that way. But Kyle Shanahan has a losing record as a head coach. Brian Dable is going to have to seriously tank as the Giants coach this season or in upcoming seasons even to get back to under 500. So as I said, Chiefs come right out and score on that drive. Uh, It didn't help that they started their drive at our own 33-yard line after our kickoff doesn't even make it inside their five-yard line. Big return, and then Jennings with a really idiotic you know, ticky-tacky sort of of out-of-bounds personal foul, Um, and then a back shoulder throw to Valdez-Scantling. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire finishes it off. 49ers get the ball back after that, and we can't return it even out to the 20, Um, but we've already kind of beat that horse. Juice gets a first down. Wilson with a 15-yard run on a cutback and a 10-yarder. But, again, you're settling for a field goal, a 49-yarder, and good for Gold for actually making it and for for it not being blocked. I guess, hooray, that's a moral victory.
0: Yeah, Gold was three for three in this game. Also, we'll give Jeff Wilson some props. Not his best stat line um, of the year, but he only carried it seven times, but he did get 54 yards on those carries. Yeah. And this was a much better showing for him. I think his biggest issue as a runner is the vision. He just seems to run into the defenders or his own blockers half the time. The patience and the vision and ultimately finding that hole and bursting through it. He has not been able to do that consistently this year um in this game seven rushes for 54 yards and he looked good on you know all of those carries yeah, really it looked
1: like he had more burst you know in, in more of a part-time role little competition's um, a good thing maybe so with that field goal 49ers down 21 to 16 you still feel like you're in it and then the teams kind of trade touchdowns we get our first pressure on mahomes and he throws up a jump ball where the 49ers don't really go up for it or compete for it so that turned into an 18 yard gain um and then juju gets a first down um mooney ward looks like he's hurt Drake Greenlaw is hurt with some kind of calf. Drake Jackson gets a, a pressure, but then on third and 20, like what is it with these underachieving former 49ers? Third and 20, and you give up a screen to Jarek McKinnon that goes inside the five, and then Justin Watson, who yeah. uh, just runs right across the field, right past Jimmy Ward to make it 28-16. 49ers don't give up there, um, but McGlinchey commits a hold. Kittle gets the benefit of a pass interference on him. Uh, so they're they're trying to move the ball, Uh, McCaffrey gets an 11 yarder, Jennings with a first down, Kittle with 19, Ayuk with a first down, but you're sensing a pattern here. It's like it takes us a long time to put these drives together. We're having to string together. It's almost like an offense in baseball that can't hit home runs. We just have to hit like three singles in order to score, and that's what this drive was like. Jimmy was almost picked. But ultimately, we get a a touchdown to Kittle on kind of a jump ball, where he really competed for it, and good for him. Um, And it's twenty-eight to twenty-three. This is just into the fourth quarter, and you're down five. This game is not as as bad as you are getting torched by Mahomes. You're only down by
0: five. Um, But But the defense at some point is going to have to make a stop, right? You know that.
1: And D'Amico Ryan's just had no answers. Um, Bosa gets a sack on first down to open the next drive. Um, And they get a run stop. So third and eleven. You know, third and eleven. You're feeling pretty good about you know, your chances to try to pick it up. And then Mooney Ward gets absolutely torched for a 57 yarder. And it kind of looked. Look, we've praised Mooney Ward on this podcast and he's been great, but I think they've been kind of sucked into just thinking that the pass rush is going to get home. And he was just kind of lackadaisical on that. Just like he thought, well, as long as I'm 15, 20 yards back, you know, the ball is not going to come out and it did. And it torched
0: him. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's one bad play, right? Um, but that's the life of a cornerback. It's got to be the most stressful position out there because you either give up a home run or you're giving up these dink and dunk passes where you don't want to get burned. So you're not putting any pressure. It's, it's really probably the toughest position in the NFL in terms of visibility. When you get burned, everybody's going to know it. If you're a defensive lineman and you're just not winning, nobody cares. You can look at the team and say, oh, well they didn't have a lot of pressures but nobody is zeroing in on you when you're not getting a good win rate as a defensive lineman. As a cornerback, you are on an island. You really are. Uh, Whether you're in zone or man coverage, it doesn't matter. Everybody can see that. And yeah, I think life comes at you fast and it comes at you even faster when you're in the NFL at the cornerback position. He was really just kind of sitting at the sticks and I think just just a mental lapse, just a split second, I don't think it occurred to him that Valdez Scantling was just going to keep running and that it was actually a go route. He was kind of sitting at the sticks, I think, waiting for some kind of a comeback route. And Valdez Scantling just ran right past him. To his credit, he was able to track him down, and he actually made the tackle on that play. So, you know, great closing speed. Again, he's coming off of an injury as well, but... If you give Pat Mahomes an inch, he's going to take a mile every time.
1: Yeah, and Nicole Harbin gets his third touchdown to cap off that drive. They go up 35 to 23. And at that point, Jimmy Ward and Mooney Ward were – sort of Mahomes was 12 for 12 when targeting them for 146 yards and they also committed two penalties. So down 12, it feels like the game is pretty much out of reach, but Jimmy Garoppolo spared us any suspense on that front after another horrible special teams. Like why did Ray Ray even try to bring out that ensuing kickoff? It was four yards deep into the end zone.
0: That was one of the most frustrating plays of the game for me. Obviously you're a playmaker. You want to help your team and make a play. Our special teams blocking, especially on kick returns, has been atrocious. You have to know that. So as soon as I saw him actually run out of the end zone, I think I audibly said, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? Just take a knee, start at the 25. So on that kick return, of course, there was a holding on Ty Davis Price. Obviously, that's not Ray Ray's fault, but shouldn't have brought it out of the end zone in the first place. And then now you're starting from the five yard line. Dear God, (laughs) do you remember what
1: I said to you when when that drive started? I don't. I said, can we score a touchdown in 12 minutes <laughs> yeah. from from, from, the, from the five? That's kind of a long way to go with only 12 minutes, the way we move the ball. Ugh. But um, as I said, Garoppolo spared us of any suspense. A pretty boring vanilla play call on first down. McCaffrey with a, a draw or a delay up the middle, and then... Um, on the third down there. So second down, I should mention, Jimmy Garoppolo, he did not really step into throws or step up in the pocket much in this game, but the one time he tried it, he walked right into a sack there yeah. on second down. And then on third, Jones. on third down, Trent Williams gets beat and Jimmy Garoppolo pulls another, like it, it wasn't quite Dan Orlovsky, but another kind of running running around in the back of the end zone, a five-step drop out of shotgun, which again, Shanahan needs needs to have some accountability here. Why are you doing like a five-step drop out of shotgun in the end zone when you, and then a rollout, like almost like a bootleg, like really, that's the call. So Garoppolo is sacked. It's a safety. I think at that point
0: might as well turn off the TV, but can't do that.
1: You know you're down 37 to to 23, and if you're the most optimistic Niners fan in the world, you can say, "Well, we're still only down two touchdowns." Um, but Trent Williams obviously was not himself in this game. I appreciate that he wanted to rush back. He probably should have just skipped it and waited yeah, for they, Rams week. The next. original
0: estimate on on him, I think, was anywhere from like four to. I heard some people even saying up to eight weeks. Typically, with those high ankle sprains, it's it's normally like a four to to six week thing, depending again on your healing factor and body size and everything so he came back sooner than expected but certainly was not himself got beat a few times in this game
1: you could argue that the dagger for the chiefs was just whenever they were up by more than three points heading into the fourth because of that stat dope but ultimately you're down two touchdowns you commit the safety there and then on the next drive on a third and six third third and medium to long again and on third down mahomes with a 45 yard touchdown to a wide open juju. I don't know how he got that open, but the 49ers just looked completely gassed at that point with that touchdown Mahomes. Uh, that was his third of the day, I think. And he goes to 423 yards and 12.4 yards per attempt after that. I mean, it's, it's over, over, over McGlinchey has another holding penalty. We get a couple first downs, but he gives up another sack to Chris Jones and they, 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 picked on him. They purposely put Chris Jones outside to work McGlinchey all game because Burford and banks have actually been pretty good. Um, and they, they certainly did that and it certainly worked. Kenny comes in at that point and they did punt the chiefs kind of once there, but they weren't really trying to score at that point. And then Brock Purdy comes in, you know, some people said, Oh, you know, he's so much better than Garoppolo, <laughs> but those were some anxious throws. He hit yeah. Ray-R- he looked very nervous, yeah, which he, how could you not be sure, right? Sure. He hit Ray Ray a couple times, but finished with a, a pick in the end zone um to kind of close out the game. It's worth
0: mentioning that is actually the first time uh, the final draft pick Mr. Irrelevant has actually completed a pass in the NFL. I don't know that that's a good distinction to have. Yeah, yeah. 49ers <laughs> the fans first time.
1: just don't expect him to become the starter. Like it's it's Trey Lance or nothing if if you're wanting to win a Super Bowl during this regime. He throws
0: which, a good ball. I mean, it's yeah. a really nice tight spiral. Uh, he moves well in the pocket. He's super raw, and the plan was never for him to be starting games or even coming into games. He was going to be a practice squad player. But again, once you knew that you were keeping Jimmy, that's where he got uh, got that spot. But yeah, I don't know that having Mr. Irrelevant completing passes for you is what you really want to see. Just kind of wrapping up this game, again... (laughs) It was within five points, so the final score, 44-23, to doesn't tell the whole story. This was a game of missed opportunities for the 49ers, and if you miss opportunities against the Chiefs, you're going to lose. Uh, If you're going to take a shot at the King, you better not miss. And the Chiefs are beatable, but... They're not really beatable when Mahomes has an above-average day or a good day, which he certainly had. Just a coaching clinic, like you said. The 49ers got outcoached in all three phases. No no question about that. The time of possession, the 49ers actually did keep the ball 33 minutes to 26 minutes for the Chiefs. We lost the turnover battle 3-2. to One of those interceptions, of course, was Brock Purdy kind of sealing the deal at the end of the game. Third downs were not good. Um, early finished eight of 14 the Niners did which is okay that's pretty good Um, but didn't get those third downs when you needed them the Chiefs were six for nine on third downs and just dagger after dagger on third and long which is basically again how you win those games Uh, The rushing was pretty even. The Niners finished with 101 yards rushing as a team to the Chiefs 112. Obviously a a pretty big discrepancy in the passing yards. Although this was Jimmy's first time, I believe, over 300 yards. Uh, He did finish 25 of 37 for 303. Had two touchdowns. Of course, the awful interception and the fumble. Finished with an 8.2 yards per attempt, which is really good uh kittle and kelsey actually interestingly on national tight ends day finished the game with the exact same number of receptions six and the exact same number of yards uh 98 kittle of course gets the edge with the touchdown although kelsey did have a touchdown that was called back yeah uh and that was certainly a very impressive play uh two very impressive touchdowns only one of them counted and if you have to have one count we're glad our our boy kittle got that one so Mooney Ward led the team in tackles with 10. It's
1: because um, he gave up a catch every time he was targeted.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Usually those are incompletions or pass breakups. Uh, Fred Warner was next with six, which is not a high number by any stretch. Uh, there weren't a lot of tackles being made. You don't see a lot of teams just get to the edge and go untouched against us, but whether Definitely. it was Pacheco or Hardman, basically the, the Chiefs basically – forced their will on us they didn't even look like they were trying
1: they use the phrase
0: like sell out to stop the pass or sell out to stop the run I don't know what we
1: sold out to stop because they averaged over five yards of carry and over 12 yards per pass attempt so
0: yeah overall the yards per play for the team so the Chiefs were at 9.1 yards per play which is just ridiculous Um, to give you some perspective on that Buffalo leads the league this year with 6.6 yards per play and right behind them is Kansas City and actually Seattle at 6.2. The Niners finished this game at 6.2 yards per attempt. So, again, not not a bad game. I mean, all your weapons were involved. Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo were all involved in this game. Jimmy, aside from that one awful interception, had another solid game. Uh, just not clutch and, and didn't didn't convert, didn't make the plays when we needed to. And at the end of the day, you're not going to beat the Chiefs scoring 23 points very often
1: no settling for way too many field goals you know and one thing that we always say about Jimmy that people don't point out is he does move the ball like we only punted once if I told you coming into the game that Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 300 yards and we only punted once you'd feel like okay we with
0: our defense, yeah, you know, probably you know, win that game, especially right? Especially
1: if I read you the yards per carry for Wilson and yeah. McCaffrey and things like that, you're thinking, well, either we won or it was a shootout and we were really close. And we weren't because Garoppolo's incompletions came or his bad decisions, the the five sacks he took, came at the worst possible times. He did not adjust. He did not get rid of the ball when he needed to. It's almost like a player in baseball going two for four, and you look at the box score and you're like, well, that's that's really good, two for four. It's like, well, no they struck out with the bases loaded in the first inning, killing a rally. And then in the fourth inning, they had the bases loaded again and they hit into a double play. And then when the team was already down by eight runs in the sixth inning, they got a single. And then in the ninth inning down by 12 runs, they, they got a, an RBI double. So it's like timing is everything, right? So, so good for Jimmy for putting up, you know, decent stats. But one of the reasons the QBR was under 40 again is because he didn't hit when we needed him to made some really costly mistakes and, and settling for field goals. Like you said, it's just not going to get it done against a high flying offense.
0: One of the nicest things about Jimmy, when he came onto the team as 49ers fans, we had kind of gotten used to when it's third down, if it's more than five yards, you might as well just send the punt team on because the 49ers are not going to pick up a third down. Jimmy came to the team and absolutely turned that on its head, really transformed the team. Now this year, I'm starting to get some of those vibes again, where on third down you're starting to kind of feel really anxious and like we're probably not going to get this and a lot of the throws on third down are really low percentage throws heavily contested and I don't know if that's Jimmy just being so committed to his first or second read and just forcing the ball in there or if it's a lack of creativity from Shanahan you know you just don't ever see these plays on third down where it's like a simple pitch and catch like seems like every other team can do this we're just not picking up those third downs Um, another thing I noticed I haven't really heard anyone talking about this what was the 49ers blitzing so I think again hats off to the coaching staff for the Chiefs D'Amico Ryans has been dialing up blitzes a lot on second and long so in the league today second and long is going to be a passing situation for the vast majority of teams maybe not the 49ers sigh but We've been blitzing a lot on second down, and our blitzes were pretty much completely ineffective against the Chiefs because on second down, those were the plays where they were getting the ball out quick. They were throwing those screens out to the side or quick passes. Um, so basically, anytime we dialed up a blitz, they were ready for it. They were getting the ball out. And then on the downs where we weren't blitzing, Mahomes had all day to throw and just lit up this defense.
1: And conversely, the 49ers, uh, some good stats coming out today, 28th in the league in terms of offensive efficiency on second down. So maybe part of the struggles with Jimmy E.G. on third down are the fact that it, we're putting him in third and long or he's putting himself in third and long with a lot of really bad plays on second down. So any way you look at it, it's an ugly loss, but it's against the Chiefs. I don't think, I don't think you come into a game against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid expecting to just light it up and, and, and win by multiple touchdowns. And at the end of the day, too, you, when you look at the 49ers remaining schedule, we don't have a lot of winning teams that we have to face. We have to play the Chargers, who've just lost two more people to injury. We have to play Seattle, who technically has a winning record, but we demolished earlier in the season. We have to play Kyler Murray twice, who, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is back, but the Cardinals are, are not doing much better than we are. Yeah, you know, the, the NFC
0: West strong. is wide open for sure. This is not the powerhouse division of the conference like it once was. It just simply is not, so... The Niners, fortunately, face the Rams next week. Ordinarily, you'd say, okay, well, that's a gimme win because Shanahan has absolutely dominated McVay. Coming off of two losses, now you do start to have a little bit of that sneaking, sort of creeping feeling. Is this the week that McVay finally figures it out? The law of averages, right? Like He's a pretty great coach, uh, but certainly coaching a a struggling team now.
1: Well, they're coming off a bye week, but I would argue – You know, the 49ers have so much talent on their roster that Shanahan is being questioned right now with the losing record. The Rams, nobody is questioning McVay, not just because they won a Super Bowl, but because their struggles are more clearly related to roster construction. You know, yeah. they had a lot of people retire or or go elsewhere in free agency. They don't have other than Ramsey and Donald and Cup. They don't have a lot of these elite players that the 49ers supposedly have. So they've they're coming out of a bye week, but I don't I don't think it's a coaching issue that they need to get better coached up. I think they've just been struggling with putting together the pieces of what they have.
0: <laughs> and well, that's what the Ram said like F those picks, right? Pretty famously saying like we'll take the take the players here and now and, you know, we don't need those draft picks. Uh, Lynch and Shanahan are kind of trending towards F those picks a little bit right now after yeah. McCaffrey, but it will be nice to see him get more involved. It may take some time. You know, Shanahan's offense is not one that you're going to learn in two days. Uh, it's not one you're going to learn in a week either, uh, but hopefully he'll be more involved. McCaffrey will moving forward in those clutch situations when you need to play those third downs. Um, those red zone packages, it was kind of funny. They, they said that he was going to be involved in the red zone. And as soon as they got to the red zone, they were basically pulling him out. That was kind of unusual the way that they uh, chose to use him. But again, did definitely show some Christian McCaffrey slipperiness, which is what we want to see. We, that's what we want. So when you have McCaffrey, you can run on second and 10 if you want to. Whereas when we've had Wilson or Ty Davis Price or somebody else, you know, you don't want to put yourself in a third and nine or a third and eight. With McCaffrey, you can run on second down if you need to. Sure. It'll be interesting to see how
1: he gets more involved in the offense going forward. And if you're a Niners fan who's on the ledge, let me talk you down for a second. Very winnable game next week against the Rams and then a bye week. So you can go into the bye week at 500, you know, with a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. Now, if your goal is to win a Super Bowl, I can argue that, you're not going to have a lot of hope playing a team like the chiefs or the the Bills. bills, but the chiefs and the bills as good as they are, did not advance to the super bowl last year. The Bengals did because anything can happen in the playoffs. So as much as everyone's saying, why did we trade for a running back? That's not our biggest need. The 49ers need to get to the playoffs and see what happens. The sloppy football that we're seeing this season is sort of a continuation of the playoffs last year, where the two best teams did not make it. In my opinion, yeah. I don't, I don't think that either the Rams or the Bengals were the best team in football last year. But, but funny things happen in the playoffs. You know, flawed teams, you know, caved, and and yeah, anything well, can happen. You got Atlanta you Braves.
0: The Atlanta Braves last year were not the best team in baseball, but they finished strong. The Phillies were not, are not the best team in baseball. Third best team in their division, and and now they're in the World Series. Yeah. So. Get Just got to the gotta get there.
1: Yeah, got to get there, and they have every opportunity to do so, especially with a win next week to get them back to 500. So that's going to do it for us this week. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter for more 49ers content. We'll see you next week.